When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today we're going to talk about the birds and the bees, literally. Reproduction is the key to evolution, which means that Mother Nature can get a little strange when it comes to sex. All she cares about is whether your genes get passed on. She doesn't judge animals if they get a little freaky. Parents, you might want to listen to this one first if your kids are in the room. We're talking about strange equipment, bizarre courtship, and fatal attraction. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, Echidnas? Are you kidding me? Today's guest is an actor, writer, producer who's been on Chelsea lately, Orange is the New Black, Shameless, Insatiable, Key and Peel, among many other shows. She's the host of Will You Accept This Rose? and has just authored a memoir titled Little Miss Little Compton, which comes out September 29th, and you can pre-order now. And I don't know when she has time to sleep. Welcome to the show, Arden Marine. Oh my goodness, thank you so much, Katie. Wow, what an intro. That is, <laughs> I'm gonna have you introduce me wherever I go. I'll be, I'll be your hype woman. Dude, I need a hype woman. I feel like <laughs> we can set up rings in people's backyards. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll wrestle, wrestle neighbors and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. I, we, yeah. We can have a, you know, walk around. You can see what round we're on. We'll deal with animals. We'll have snuggle yeah. and nap time. But like hype in between. Exactly, exactly. Like, we're going to go hard with Arden, but then that sounds a little bit innuendo-y considering the topic. I'm not mad at that. I give you permission to say we're going to go hard with Arden. <laughs> and, then, and then when people get weird about it, we're like, oh, no, that's your problem. No, that's your hang You ups. added yeah, that on. We're just two innocent ladies going hard in your backyard. Look at us. <laughs> so naive and innocent, and you're bringing all this weird energy. You're the one with the creeper vibe, <laughs> not me, that's in, like, a secret bikini <laughs> holding a sign up. That's your problem. What is uh-huh. that? 
wrong with you? Yeah. I do like the bikini and high heels look. It's very, it's like, you know. A bikini, you know? a heel, a utility belt, a, a trucker hat. Right. Oh, it was right. So it's like you've got a little bit of an outfit for yeah. any, occasion. any occasion. Come water, ballroom dancing, got to repair an engine, anything. Anything's it's possible. Great. You know what? I feel like 2020, it like shoved us and it thought we weren't going to shove back. And here's the reality. We're adaptable 2020. You cannot exactly. get us down. And we will come to your backyard in a bikini with a utility belt and a heel. <laughs> and we will go hard with art. Right. <laughs> go hard with art. That's how you do Yeah. It. And I think this is kind of the theme of the episode this this time around because we are talking about animals who are highly adaptive with their sex and seduction. Yes. And, you know, you, I'm not you, I think you're, you're down with it, but like some people may find it a little strange what these animals do. But when you think about it, look, they are getting creative. They're thinking outside of the box, yes. sometimes literally yes. to, to pass on their genes. And that's what it's all about. I'm not here to kink shame a, a walrus. No. I didn't <laughs> come here to poo poo some kind of a, a mollusk or, or a, right. something just looking for love. You know, just because I'm a human being, you think that I'm the only one that is mating, you know, it's right. got to do what they got to do. That is actually our number one rule for guests on this podcast is no kink shaming the walruses. We've got a sign. They're very touchy and they will, yeah. they'll try to cancel you. They will. They'll try yeah. to cancel you. Very touchy. <laughs> So, Arden, tell me a little bit about your relationship with animals. Thank you so much. I would say my present day relationship, I was a dog lady who has stumbled into, much to my, afraid of cats, much to my surprise, uh, about five years ago, my friend's cat, I was living in New York, but I kept working out in LA and I would stay with her and her cat picked me as his lady wife. Like, and oh, just, okay, yeah, and would like, and when I would go back to New York for a couple of days, he would punish me, like, and walk mm -hmm. ass backwards into the room and bite me. And then we were cool again. So he was definitely a fickle lover, but yeah. I felt like that he would sleep on my neck. And I fell so hard for this cat. He, he played it the hot and cold game on you. That's how they get you. The one, two, hot and cold. Like, I, I'm into mm -hmm. you, but I, but I, but you can't, I'm not just a sure thing. And, right. and then, so I, my, I really liked the cat and I saw how sort of low maintenance they are. And I was with this gentleman and with this gentleman who's like a straight male cat lady. And so I was like, okay, okay, we can get two cats. So we went to the shelter. We went to Sante Door in Los, in like, in Los Feliz, which is a great no-kill shelter. Shout out Sante Door. And he, this ding dong made the error of saying, all cats bond. Let's just pick two that like you. <laughs> So we picked this one that is Elaine Stritch. She's like an old lady. She was 13. Just picture her with a cigarette, a white button-down shirt, black, no pants, black tights, and like a character shoe. She's c completely in love with Dan, wants to kill me in my sleep. And then we got this kitten, <laughs> and they could not have bonded less. And we started feeling really badly for the kitten. So we are like, okay, okay, the kitten's lonely. Let's go get another cat. Surely. Of course. That's how it starts. We're going to go get yep. another cat. We'll get a kitten for the cat. Surely adding more cats to the cat fire is going to yep. cure the cat fire. So we're like, you know Douse what? Douse it. Well, maybe it's because there's two women cats. Maybe. <laughs> right. Let's get a male cat to neutralize us. We'll go get this cat. cat. So then I we got a male kitten who's so cute, but like the town deviant. 
So now we have mm-hmm. three non-bonded cats. And then last year I had a relative pass away who had a cat and my brother refused to take it. And he was like, what's the difference between three and four? So really, what is, you know, I mean, honestly, the, the one big difference is the cat that loved me. That was like my familiar attached cat. Mm-hmm. hates this new cat like I've ruined yeah. the life of so now I have four non-bonded cats in a small world that's my present day past day I grew yeah. up with dogs grew up in the country you know I loved my dogs I will say my brother and I we grew up in the country it was there was very little supervision my brother and I were very small rascally kids and we would chase each other around and we had a sheep dog and a lap dog that would both when we would get too wild try to knock us over and then hump us into submission mm-hmm. <laughs> so and we it's like me, like they're just yeah. they're just babysitting you yeah. somewhat literally yeah they would like nip at our ankles it was like a herding dog it would nip at our ankles yeah. and then like subdue us where it would just like sit on us and then like basically just start pounding away until we calm down <laughs> the little dog we would hear like at the dining room table when guests were over we were here like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dog mindy was humping my mother's ankle this is all in the book guys gems like this was humping my mother's ankle and uh and she was sort of cocky about it. She was like, "Yeah, flattered." I can't help if it favors my ankle. Like, <laughs> let her have some fun. So I grew up with a very sexualized animal household. I didn't hump bites, cockapoos, and sheep dogs. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, look, dogs hump for a variety of reasons. Sure. My my dog actually doesn't do that. Um, but she was at the dog park a long time ago. And she was friends with this beagle who was a, a major hump, humpstress. Right, a humpstress. And she, a humpstress. That's and in my she... bio is that I can drive a stick shift <laughs> and I'm a major humpstress. <laughs> but she watched this beagle go around doing a lot of humping, yeah. just kind of show, showing other dogs who's boss. And my dog, bless her stupid little heart, she went perpendicular to a dog. So, yeah. so arrived at the dog perpendicular, like... Went side saddle, side like saddle. like over the dog's back and sort of like mm. tried to do this awkward humping movement right. where she's like lifting her little toes and right. sort of doing this like, Aww. like, is this right? And then I was like, Cookie, no. And we were all laughing at her. And I think that embarrassed her. Right. And Cookie got shamed. And she was too embarrassed to ever. Yeah, she got she got hump shamed. And I, I do feel a little guilty that I, I humped shamed her so because now she doesn't do it. Keith, my cat, that's the, that was the third one on the pile. He's so horny and we got him fixed. He's a little ginger <laughs> cat. We got him fixed. That dude will has never met a blanket that he didn't want to like knead the bread and then just like mm-hmm. start grinding. He just like pumps <laughs> his blanket. I don't know what it is about me. I I feel like I look I look like the deviant. Well, maybe it's maybe it's the ginger cat. You know you know what they say about us gingers, right? Yeah. Y- you can't you can't fix us. Let me tell you what. <laughs> I am a real ginger, and I talk about that in the book, and I, I have evidence right here on the, my uh, my back. Yeah. There's my sixth grade picture. And my the Wonderful. first words my dad said about me was. She's not a blonde. She's a redhead. I never met a redheaded woman. I trusted. First words at the hospital. <laughs> Redheads are supposed to be kind of spicy. Yeah. Good. That's so yeah. Good. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't tame us. Uh, you can't. You can pry our SPFs away from our cold dead hands. Yes. I put like SPF eighty thousand on every day, all day, everywhere, and I still am just like a symphony of freckles. My hands, my yeah. arm, the driver's side, like 
just it's you can't win you're not gonna beat the man and the man is the Mm -mm. son and the son is yeah you you can't win it's unwinnable (laughs) one thing that is winnable though i think is the reproduction game in nature and that was a weird segue but i'm gonna stick with it i was actually really applauding you i was like she's a real i was like this is a pro yeah she is yes honey. we can't defeat the sun but hey we can reproduce until the sun is so grossed out it hides behind the cloud is what i'm saying freak out the sun it's like ooh, get a room get a room and here are some animals who are doing just that in this first section i want to talk about not just their behavior, but the strange equipment that some animals have. So strange genitalia. Um, And it's one of the most interesting things when you look at the genitals of various species of animals, like insects and reptiles, it is fascinating. They don't just look like how you would necessarily expect them to look. Some of them look like morning stars, yes. like uh, like snake penises look like some kind of medieval weapon. But this one I thought is really interesting because this is the crane fly, and crane flies have musical penises. Whoa! So, <laughs> what kind of a musical instrument? It's like um, one of those scraping blocks where you remember in like an elementary yes, school like, where you would get everyone would get an instrument yes. and some people would get uh, the scraping blocks or you just get the little wooden dowel that has these ridges and then you go like that penis of the crane fly is like that. Exactly. So you know how like when crickets chirp by rubbing their textured wings together, it's called stridulation. That is the technique. That's what you're doing with that little instrument. And that is what the crane flies do with their instrument. That is so exciting. Yes. And what's even more interesting is they don't actually, I don't think a human could necessarily hear it. And it is not I don't think it's for attracting another mate, like calling to them. Yeah. It's more just f- to make the mate feel good and to keep her around for, her for pleasure. a longer mate. It's exactly for her pleasure. <laughs> I love this. So far, I give thumbs up for the musical penis. I feel like it's very sex positive. Absolutely. A good crane fly musician can keep his mate interested and copulate for up to 10 minutes. That's a long time when you're that little and your lifespan is probably 11 minutes. So that's impressive. Well, so it's interesting because crane flies don't live very long and they look like it's kind of like that thing when you see in your house you're like oh my god that's a huge mosquito they they're like they could fit in the palm of your hand they look like big scary mosquitoes yes they're harmless okay uh, to humans but (laughs) they they just look a little bit alarming as adults they don't have that much time it's like about 10 days so yeah 10 minutes is like wow that's a big chunk i mean that's a large portion of getting at it going to the bones right Right. It's like spending a year just, you know, getting it done. Getting at it. That's exciting. I like that for that. I feel good for that with the crane fly. With a little bit of, you know, accompanying music. I I think that's so, it's so sweet. It's like romantic. It's romantic and fun. Yeah, exactly. High marks crane fly. Exactly. And crane flies are not the only insect that uses okay. their their tool as an instrument. Uh, there is also some species of moths who have musical genitals and they use their 
penis like very much like the crane fly does they use stridulation to create an ultrasonic noise that both attracts mates and it also jams the sonar of bats who are trying to hunt them so it's a signal jammer for the bats and then it attracts mate it's like a multi-use tool it's incredible it's like a force field ween like it's like (laughs) the perfect like the undercarriage that can both protect you and like bring up your milkshake right. brings all the ladies to the yard. <laughs> it's it's like I'm imagining this thing with like a little like a, a little satellite coming out going like boop 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 yes. and then and then like a, a a little attachment that plays music and oh and just like a, a radar system and you it's know so impressive. You know out there that has like <laughs> built some super dude that's got all that business in his pants. Right. That's a great idea. Right. It's sort of like a a smartphone. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the the ga- inspector gadget of, of yeah. his Yeah. Oh, there's yeah, there's probably some inspector some erotica about yeah. inspector gadget. I'm yeah. certain of it. For sure. <laughs> so now on to um, a bit of a bigger animal who has a, this is one of those things where when you look at it, it's just confuses your brain as to yeah. what you're looking at. It's very cute. It's very cute. This is an echidna. Okay. And echidnas are monotremes like the platypus. It's so um, cute. They have a narrow pointed snout and spine similar to a porcupine. Yeah. Like the platypus, though, they lay eggs. They don't have nipples and they just kind of leak milk out of their bellies because monotremes are the this really old group of animals that have a lot of these transitional features from before mammals were around when we had like this common ancestor, a sort of reptile-like ancestor, and then it transitioned into these these mammalian features. But monotremes are sort of this like weird, very old group of animals that ha- still are, mi- like they still have eggs and they still don't have um, the same kind of mammary glands that mammals have. So it's That's really so interesting. Cool. Yeah. Where does it live? Well, Australia and New Guinea. That's very cool. That feels right. Australia gets all the weirdos, and I Australia's, love it. Australia's, you know what? I feel like it's a, it's like a fun wild card. Like you know, I, I like that for Australia. I feel good about that for Australia. Yeah, I'm very jealous of Australia's uh, biodiversity, and, and it also it's not just biodiversity. It feels like they get all of the wildest animals. It's like, is this a cool? completely alarming animal that could either kill you or blow your mind like it's probably in Australia. I love that. That tracks. I like that. <laughs> we watch so, Bachelorette Australia on our Patreon page. And I got to tell you, there's like a little wild, there's a bit of a fun wildness of the, the you know, the <laughs> contestants that's different than here. And I feel like that's true in the same animal kingdom. Because they don't know if the spider they see like crawling on the wall is going to kill them. Like they could like find yeah. some kind of, you know, there, there's like you go in the ocean, there's box jellyfish everywhere. These invisible little things that can kill I you. It's this. just, yeah. So echidnas, despite looking very menacing with all their spikes, they are, they just like to hunt ants and termites. So kind of like an, it looks like an anteater and a yeah. hedgehog got together and had an offspring, but they have this long beak that hunts for ants and termites. But that's not why I want to talk about them. I mean, they are a really cool animal. They're cute. They're very cute. Very I adorable. Want one. I, I want know. one. 
I know it, I they just look so huggable. They're they're not. They're absolutely not. You shouldn't just hug one. No, looking at those claws. Let me tell. There is no part of me that thinks I would have both of my eyes left in my socket if I hugged it. That potentially will win. not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it uses those to dig for ants and termites, and it could probably dig your eyes out too. Oh, I don't no, know. No, going hard just... with Arden. That means that the echidna is going hard with me, ripping my eyeballs and my like trachea out. No way, I'm gonna lose, and I know that, and that's why I'm not gonna go hard with right, the right. But you respect you respect them. I respect it. I know when I'm outmatched. And here's another reason to respect them: the males have a four-headed penis. Great. That's yeah. great. It's just, it's just, it's just wonderful. Oh, oh, I'm looking at it. Whoa, it <laughs> looks like an elephant's foot. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon Simpsons hand. Okay, wait a minute. So does it, does, do all four of those ejaculate? Yes. That's disgusting, like a sprinkler system. <laughs> well, here's how it actually works when they are mating. So it's actually like two, only two heads work at once, like okay. I guess sort of a, a stereo system right. uh, but like so when they're mating like at first only two of them on the same side will ejaculate and then after that is done then the other two will ejaculate later so it's sort of like you get more bang for your buck by having right four heads essentially that is the craziest looking penis it really is he doesn't look like that big of an animal. The size and the it is like a it is like a stump has come out, a stump with or like a rhinoceros foot is just jammed yeah. out with a pedicure <laughs> that will not be denied. And I I know I'm so immature that if I saw that I would not stop screeching and taking photos because and look how psychic like he's smiling, like, yeah, man, look at my like check it he's, out. He's really like a little bit deviant and he really is like what you got a problem just looking at like you can tell he's into it he's like yeah oh oh you've got you've you've got like one head on on your wieners (laughs) that's fun that's cute and look at his (laughs) claws on his back foot like adorable adorable love it that's great well what's interesting too because they're monotremes the other parts of their plumbing are very different from mammals so monotreme actually means one hole and that's okay. why they're called monotremes. Scientists are weird. They're 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 really perverts, all of them. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> but like they actually have a cloaca okay. that does the urination and defecation. Females just have the cloaca that basically handles everything. Males have the this ridiculous penis and the cloaca. The penis is just for having sex. The cloaca is for everything else for waste disposal. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Like, why did we why did we merge everything into one organ as yeah. as mammals? Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It does have to do with like the arrangement, like how we have babies and we have give live birth, whereas um, monotremes can give birth to eggs. And so it's just there are reproductive system gets all rearranged whenever we make an evolutionary decision like hey i'm gonna give live birth to a big baby yeah versus like giving birth to an egg you're fantastic can i just say (laughs) i'm like i feel like you would be my brother's dream girl you must have (laughs) the people that have crushes on you must have gigantic crushes on you because 
It's all about talking about the reproductive system scientifically. They're like, I just, you know what it is? It's just the, your passion for animals. You're so charming. You are so sweet. Well, you're wooing me right now. Actually, you know, on my first date with my current fiance, I started talking about parasites as yeah. a pickup line. Just like, let me tell you about all the insane parasites out yeah. there. Like, there's one that takes over a fish tongue and... I think I think that's what sealed the deal. Honestly. Dude, you're so lovable and adorable. <laughs> like chef's kiss to you. Oh, you well, are so sweet. Well created. Well, I love the praise, but let's talk more about echidna penises because okay, I think that's that's what people are here for. They're yeah, that's here what people for came for. That's the what they echidna. Want. They came for yeah. the echidna penis, and we've yes. got to serve them that on a platter. Yep. Um, <laughs> so there's the question of like, why? Why would they? Why would they have like a sprinkler as as, right. a, as a penis? Right. And especially because they can only really like fit uh, two of them in the female at once. So it's like they go with two, and then they go with the other one. Yes. And the answer is actually that they have this really intense sperm competition. I so love this. When males are competing to reproduce, sometimes they compete basically for access to the females. Yes. And sometimes it is not necessarily like the mating itself. Um, the copulation is not where you're competing. It's at the level of your sperm and your sperm fitness. And that's the case with the echidnas. So echidnas hibernate, but male echidnas will come out of hibernation before females. And so they will go around mating with hibernating females. And so that seems awfully unfair because the females, and you're thinking like, well, how do females select for the fittest male if they're just like hibernating? Well, females are able to select for sperm by going into torpor, which is another word for sort of a, a, an extended state of stasis or hibernation between matings, they can delay gestation and they can even abort their egg, like self-abort, um, in order to make sure that they are getting the fittest sperms. I mean, biologically speaking, they aren't mentally like going through like, oh, okay, this sperm's pretty good. No, I don't like this one, you know, this one. But like biologically, their reproductive system really is selecting for the best sperm that comes along. For the males, like they can go around and uh, try to mate as much as they want. But if they, you know, don't have the right stuff, it's just not going to necessarily work for them. Wow. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. And so for them, being able to basically it, say you have an echidna that went and mated with a female, if another male comes along and he has better sperm and, and more of it, yeah, uh, then he can actually like sort of usurp the previous mating of the other echidna. You'd be like, sorry, bro, I'm here and I've got four valves and mine are working better than yours. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. And it's, it is, it, it's kind of, um, it's a, it's a very strange form of sexual selection but it you know it all you know works what? out in the end mother nature she's a, she's a she's her own beast what comes out of this is an adorable baby echidna if I you've mean... never seen a picture of a baby echidna cutest little like squishy it looks like a, a water balloon with a face they're so cute and they are called puggles oh my god i just <laughs> i can't even come on <laughs> Uh, it, it's just, it's, it sounds like a Jim Henson character. Like, you know, we're going to Puggle Rock. Oh, my God. Hanging out with the Puggles. I'm looking that up right now. <laughs> I'm looking that up right now. I've got to see this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It kind of looks like a character. 
that would be in the like the Star Wars like mm-hmm. bar like the bar scene, you know, yes. like or the canteen. The cantina. He looks like Max Rebo from Star oh. Wars, that little like weird elephant thing. Yeah. That- <laughs> oh my god. And you can kind of see that like the the crazy the crazy uh genitalia just getting at it. Whoa, <laughs> this is fat look what I'm learning today. Exactly. And you know, female echidnas are not the only animals who get to be choosy when it comes to sperm. So a little less cute, but still very interesting. Dung flies okay. are found all over the northern hemisphere. And okay. as their name very rudely implies, they love dung. I mean, yeah. that's they love you know to what? eat it. Everybody's got their own thing. Yeah, exactly. And females have sperm stores in her vaginal tract that keeps sperm housed before it reaches her egg. And this is, these like sperm storage containers become a sort of sperm thunderdome where male dung flies will try to displace other male sperm and the one with the best sperm wins in this like sperm thunderdome in the female. We all are taught to be so uptight like when we're, you know, at least I grew up in a world that was very sort of buttoned down about it and it's like it's just like natural the world is just bonkers just you know do do what mother nature intended for you to do yeah sperm exactly. thunderdome. <laughs> which is a sperm thunderdome exactly it yeah it's it's truly it's truly incredible to me and this is a little less related but i just had to share it with you because i was looking i found this on accident as i was doing the research for this show and this I was like looking at different like an, like if there's yeah. interesting facts about different animal genitalia yes. and I found that there are bull penis canes walking canes that people make out of bull penis. Wow! I, I so I mean the 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 mental wiring that's like mm-hmm. that's going to like procure that that's going to give your hard earned money is like no I need that. And, like, I think you need to walk, like, I am the man. It's almost the equivalent of having the balls hanging on the back of your truck. But now you've got, like, a walking cane, like a dapper, a dapper Dan. It's a a dress, a gussied up version of of truck nuts, for sure. It is. It's it's the uh, black tie going to the Oscars, (laughs) meeting the queen, but you still want your truck nuts. Exactly. This is from fashionablecanes.com. This is bull penis tourist handle walking cane for the low, low price of $99. Hashtag worth it. Worth it. <laughs> and this is, I love the description. This is a genuine bull penis cane. This cane has been used for hundreds of years. Great. It represents good stamina and strength. Love this it. is a collector's cane that is a must for any cane collector. A taxidermy process is used to sterilize and properly cure the tissue. Oof. The organ is stretched over a metal rod to make it sturdy. Yeah. Brass tip with rubber tip included. Gotta get, gotta get that traction. It doesn't even look like. I mean, I guess it's a penis. It's, but you wouldn't look at it and know. I was no. picturing it much more penisy. Right, like just sort of you're strolling around with yeah. penis-shaped yeah. cane. But no, sure. it's like it looks like it's look. Honestly, it looks like a giant Slim Jim, which kind of upsets me just saying it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like how dogs will often chew, there's like those bully sticks. Yeah. So there you it's go. It's made out of, that is also yeah. made out of, uh, yeah. I mean, there's many uses apparently for a yes. bull penis. Yes. 
Um, one of them is is uh, cruising around town in style. Yes, it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Human penises are lacking in something, a bone. Most mammals, including our primate relatives, have a penis bone called a baculum. Even our close relatives, the chimpanzee, have a penis bone. So why not humans? Why didn't Mother Nature throw us a bone? Well, humans simply don't have sex long enough or frequently enough to need the extra support. Mammals who have more prominent baculums tend to mate for longer durations, like walruses who have marathon underwater copulations with multiple females. Chimpanzees, who mate very briefly, have a much smaller baculum, but males also mate with multiple females, sometimes within a short period of time. Humans, on the other hand, seem to have evolved with a less frantic system of mating, with less intense mating sessions and fewer partners, so no need for the extra structural support of a penis bone. When we return, we're talking about some of the most interesting mating rituals on the planet, including a very prickly situation. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. Romance is subjective. Some people like aromatic candles and rose petals. Some people like dancing. Some people like a rubber chicken and car batteries. The point is, there are a whole lot of different ways to get in the mood, and animals are no exception. So now that we have talked about very interesting equipment when it comes to mating. Now I want to talk about mating rituals that are fascinating. And first I want to talk about whiptail lizards because this is a, we're getting into some real Jurassic Park stuff with these because whiptail lizards are a species of lizards found in Arizona and New Mexico and in a win for feminism, they are all female. Not a, not a single boy 
Wow, that's amazing. How do they reproduce? That is a good question. As Jeff Goldblum says, life uh, finds a way. And (laughs) so they actually reproduce uh, via parthenogenesis, which means that they can reproduce without male sperm. And so a lot of times what like asexual reproduction is, is basically cloning. You create a clone of yourself and then and give birth to that clone and then basically just have a clonal species. But what's interesting about whiptail lizards is their offspring aren't exact clones. They actually have three sets of chromosomes that they can shuffle around, kind of like shuffling the decks of these chromosomes around, and they can create a genetically unique offspring that is not a clone, and that allows them to be an all-female species and still maintain some amount of genetic diversity by basically they have all of this big library of chromosomes and just, you know, shuffle them up. That is so interesting. And when you think about how many different species are on Earth, just that there's this whole variety and that we get so we just think we're the only ones doing, you know, we're out there going after our dreams and paying our mortgages or whatever, like putting <laughs> gas in the car. Like it's it's so interesting. Like there's all, all these little universes happening all over. Yeah, exactly. And just because they reproduce asexually does not mean that there is no room for romance because these whiptail lizards will engage in what's called pseudocopulation. So they will essentially dry hump each other yes. and it it's not just for fun, although I'm sure it is. It also helps them regulate their hormones, which is more likely to create a successful self-fertilization. So it's basically getting them in the mood to have a baby. I love this for them. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. Sign me up for a whiptail lizard. <laughs> There's something also really charming about it where there's not really any competition, sexual competition between them. They're just all like, you know, I just need to get in the mood. And so they just all kind of end up helping each other out because it's mutually beneficial to, you know, give each other back rubs and light some candles and lay some flower petals out or whatever That's lizards That's what you do. get when you have an all-female world. They're exactly. like, I got you, sister. It takes a village. I got you. <laughs> Little a little heart shaped box full of like yes. dead, dead maggots for them to eat. Yeah, you, know? you had a hard day, Karen. Here's some <laughs> here's some maggots for you. Have a Linda. Yeah, time at the office. Let me, let me give you a shoulder massage. Man, how much better would Golden Girls and Sex in the City been if it was like whiptail lizards? Just you know, I just did that show. I said no gifts, and I brought the host Bridger a Golden Girls Clue game. And <gasps> I thought- played that. Was it fun? Because I really wanted to yes. play it, but I bought it for him. It was like, it was all wrapped. I wanted to like open it. And, like, was it fun? Yes. Yes. My friend Dave Bell and Tom Ryman had the, had like a game night. We played the Golden Girls Clue. It's great. Ugh. They're like objects like cherry pie or something. I, I yeah. don't, I didn't watch a lot of Golden Girls. So some of the references went over my head, but it I was still either, very fun. But I get the gist. I know the yeah. gist of it. And I'm like, I get, you know, I know they had like a, a feather heeled slipper and then yes. they had like somebody's handbag and then there's like you know tissues or something it's so fun i it's but so it'd good be great if they would be getting each other in the mood my one complaint about the game is it doesn't come with a bag of werther's originals which i mm-hmm. think would have like just fully sort of 
you know, got the full immersion. You need some hard candy like Werther's original. Like you should be able to like win, win. Like that's the goal is you get to go to, into like Nana's handbag and get yourself a winner. Right, exactly, you exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of going into Nana's handbag, I want to talk about nuptial gifts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which again, a little bit of a strange segue, but this is a thing that happens, especially with insects or uh, arachnids like spiders where they will give their partner a prey item like a f- unlucky fly or something that they give to their mate so that their mate will be eating this while they're mating and it gives them more time to mate. So hanging flies are a predatory insect in the scorpion fly family. They actually look they also look like a crane fly, like some kind of huge mosquito, but they are actually they can actually prey on crane flies. So they're much more much more serious news. If somebody gave me a gift to snack on while I was mating, that is a surefire way to my heart. Yes, exactly. And that's what these hanging flies do. They just give their the the males give the female a snack right. to munch on while mating, which, you know, it's just like like handing hand you a hoagie, being like, all right, you work on that while I, I do my business down here. I love that. When my blood sugar gets low, kitty cats got to eat, you know? <laughs> so if you brought me like a taco or something, I am, mm-hmm. I you know, I, I, if it put me in a good mood, I'd feel relaxed. Right. I feel like I could just be free. Great idea. Right, right. I mean, I think that like having snacks is like an underrated seduction technique. Uh, a comfortable bed, maybe like a Tempur-Pedic. Mm-hmm. with the nice settings mm-hmm. like and then snacks like a bowl of pretzels maybe mm-hmm. some in and out you know mm-hmm. what i mean just like you know some werther's originals too i do like werther's originals unironically i have not had one in a long time and i know every time i've had one i thought well that's really buttery and good like that's a really it's good like, yeah rich and satisfying hard candy butterscotch yeah mm-hmm. I, I always get one when i get like a sore throat is like oh well i need this for my sore throat yeah. because i don't like cough drops they taste like ass so yes. you know werther's originals good for you I, I, you know, it's your, it's your Ricola. Exactly, exactly. The game for the male hanging fly is to get the female a large enough snack that she will eat it long enough for him to complete mating. So if it's too small uh, and she finishes eating, she's like, all right, well, I'm done with Mm -hmm. this like fly burrito you gave me now, get Mm -hmm. the hell out. And she'll like kick him off. But if it's big enough, he can complete mating, get a bunch of his genetic material sent out. And once he's done, uh, he will sometimes try to steal the gift back from her. I mean, that's where I'm like, bye, Felicia, hit the road, Jack. And then he tries to re-gift it to no. another partner. You can't I know, get me a burrito, my gigantic burrito. And then right. like, once you've gotten at it with me, so I'm, ch- I'm chowing down on my burrito. You're getting at it, whatever, do your thing. And then I'm still enjoying my burrito, which you've distracted me with. And yeah. then you try to pry it from my like slightly disinterested hands and then go bring it over <laughs> to Katie. That's we got your we talk and we know we, what you're we doing. We got bro. your number. Yeah, we've got a group text. Yeah, that that hanging fly uh, group text has got to be blowing up all the time with their shenanigans. People, they know you cannot re-gift a snack you brought to a mm-hmm. lover to woo a lover. People know. No. People talk. Exactly. Now I want to talk about porcupine sex because one of the biggest questions people have with porcupines is how do they do it? How do they have sex? And the answer 
is very carefully. Oh, they're so cute. So cute. <laughs> so there are many different species of porcupine. There's not just one species of porcupine. There are old world porcupines who have sort of like, they, they can have these black and white striped spines and they are actually monogamous, which is really cute. Huh. Um, but North American porcupines are free spirits and they are into really freaky mating rituals. So okay. females are only fertile for less than a day every year. So in that, in those few hours, she's got to make the most of it. Um, so they use secretions to attract males. And once the males arrive, they can, they often like fight each other, have these gruesome porcupine battles. Yeah, you got a small window. Even if you are successful at this porcupine battle, you are not guaranteed anything. She's still got a battery of tests for you to go through. One of them is a urine test. She's going to yeah. make you pee in a cup. Well, yeah. not really pee in a cup. She's going to make you pee on her. So the males will urinate on the female with a special kind of like sexual urine that gives her a chance to smell the urine and determine whether he is physically fit. She's like, she's like a doctor. Like she, she's like going, hmm, yeah, this seems, this seems right. Or she's like, no, you're, you're dehydrated. You don't, you know, your, your hormones are off. I don't like, I don't like your, that your levels here. bonkers. Yes. And if she does not approve of the male's urine, she will scream at him, shake the urine off, and chase him away. Game over. You failed your urine test. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's the right response. (laughs) You can try to tell her, oh, it's just a poppy seed muffin. Trust me. Believe me. But no, No, she's not going to buy it. She's going to be pissed. (laughs) But if she's into it, she will allow the male to mate with her. And now there is, she is always in control because you the male cannot mate with a female unless she has made it possible for him because he will impale himself on her spines so what she does is she will curl her tail upward over her back and lay the spines flat so the male can mount her without getting impaled and if she doesn't do this he will just impale himself. So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like she's she's a strong, sexy doctor yep. who's covered in spines. I mean, I love that. I love that for <laughs> her. You know, we did talk about the old world porcupines and how they're monogamous, sure. and it's yeah. like people people sometimes like the opposite of kink shaming. I feel like is vanilla shaming, where you're yes. like, oh, that's boring. You're too boring. Well. But consider this, like, you know, the new world porcupines, they have their style, which is really cool. But old world porcupines will often mate shortly after the female gives birth. Um, again, the female has to allow the male to mate with her. Yeah, so she's, she's totally like, into I, it. She's like, I just gave birth. Give me a minute. But, <laughs> right. But like if she's into it, they will mate. And there's actually no reproductive reason for this mating because she's not fertile after she gives birth. So, so they're the just thought doing it for the fun of just, just to at strengthen it. their bond yep. because they love each other. They're porcupines, you yeah. know. They're just two porcupines in love. They made right, a baby. exactly, exactly. And I, I think that's that's like just as fascinating as like the the weird kinky porcupine stuff is just like the, they have this monogamous bond and they're like, hey, look, you know, we've got we've you know the, the kids asleep. You know yeah. what that means. <laughs> it's time. Get over here. It's time. 
Sometimes spikes are in a much more unfortunate location when it comes to mating. Male cats have an infamously barbed penis. Their penis is covered in tiny keratin barbs, which scrape the inside of the female cat's vagina. This can both help remove the sperm of the male's competitors, and it also stimulates the female in a way that triggers hormones to help her ovulate. So it sounds like the female is getting the uh, rough end of the stick, but is mating really unpleasant for the female? There's some evidence that mating can cause discomfort in cats. A particularly unhappy female may lash out and attack her mate. But some species of big cats, such as lions, cougars, and leopards, all of whose males sport barbed penises, have high rates of mating that seem to be too excessive to be purely for reproduction. Female lions, when in heat, can sometimes mate up to 100 times a day with multiple partners, which may indicate that she either enjoys mating or reaps some benefit. When we return, we're going to talk about some truly dangerous mating habits and fatal attractions. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. In French, la petite mort means the little death, and it's often a phrase used to describe orgasm. Basically, la petite mort refers to a brief break with consciousness or transcendence from your conscious state, which has also been likened to the feeling after sex. But in some animals, la petite mort, that little death, is a bit more permanent. Now I want to talk about fatal attraction. And this okay. is, of course, there is always very, uh, uh, we love the tales of femme fatales in, in literature and yes. movies. Um, but nature is, just tops all of that. You can't, there's no like femme fatale Stephen King character or you can't, you can't compete with nature. She's no. got, she's, she's got win. the, yeah, she's got the most horrific soap opera you've ever seen. First, I want to talk about Brown Widow, 
spiders because we know oh. we all know about the black widow and the whole yeah. like she she will sometimes eat the male i mean and i feel like she's given a bad rap because a lot of spiders and a lot of insects like praying mantises will sometimes engage in sexual cannibalism where they eat their partner after mating but um, black widows don't always do that. They sometimes do, just as praying mantises don't always decapitate and eat their mate after um, mating, but they sometimes do. But brown widows are really interesting because the males make a very interesting choice when it comes to mating. So brown widow males show a very strong preference for older females, even though reproduction with the older females is riskier. So younger females are more fertile and less likely to eat the males after mating. Older females know what they want and what they want is possibly sex, but also to like have a snack after mating, which is you, like the male spider. Um, and take a look at that picture of the brown widow. Dude, it's hard to even look at. It is so gnarly. He's this tiny, like this tiny little guy compared to the female, just, yeah. just itty bitty. Yeah. Less than a fourth her size. So he stands no chance. If she decides to eat him, that's it. Game over. And these older like cougar females, these sexy older women love to eat the males. Yes, they do. Yes, honey. But and so researchers thought, okay, obviously the males are going to go for younger females because they don't eat males as much. But au contraire, the males seem to like to live dangerously with yeah, these sexy like, older women. Give me that cougs. And get those cougs. And they will mate much more often with the older females. And researchers aren't exactly sure why this is. I think it's because it's like sexy as hell. But it's possible that the older female brown widows have more powerful pheromones that help attract the males. So as they're older, maybe they... They put out the signal. Yeah, put out that signal. But I, I love that because it's really, it kind of like subverts that Hollywood trope of like the, you know, young femme fatale. Like, the, like these spiders love an older lady, even if right. she bites your head off. Sign me up. <laughs> Another deadly liaison occurs with anacondas. Oh, now, oh. anacondas. These two photos, I cannot <laughs> even. It I looks, can't. it looks a bit squishy, oh. I've got to say. Anacondas are huge snakes from South America, as we know from that documentary film, Anaconda. Yeah. They live in swamps and marshes. They're sort of slower on land, but they're great swimmers. Okay. They have no venom. They kill prey by wrapping around them and strangling them to death. Yeah. And females can grow up to be around 20 feet long, which is six meters. Typically, yeah. they only grow up to be a measly 16 feet, though, right. about five meters. You know, not that's not so bad. That's not that uh, bad. <laughs> males only grow up to be about 10 feet or three meters long, so they are smaller than females by a good amount. When mating, females will waft out pheromones, which attracts males, and more than one. So they will form what's called a breeding ball, which is a bunch of giant snakes wrapped around each other like a big pile of giant oh, snake spaghetti. No, that photo <laughs> is not easy to look at. It's like spaghetti in a pot, though. You know, wet-ass python. Oh, my God. That it's not, they're not pythons, though. That's sort of inaccurate. I just had to do it for the acronym. 
It doesn't scare you, that photo? It doesn't scare me because they're going to be too preoccupied mating to like try to strangle me. I would say it's unappetizing. Like it makes me not want to have like, you know, penne or spaghetti or, you know, kind of the squidding pasta. I'll wait on that after looking at the photos. Sure. (laughs) But they in this breeding ball, these snakes will wrap around each other and the males will compete to try to get their sperm to reach the female. And they'll even try to like push out the other male's sperm if they've already uh, mated with the female. And they also, the males, have what's called a pelvic spur, which is a claw located near the cloaca, which as we talked about before, cloaca is that hole that kind of does it all. Uh Um, I don't want a spur near there. (laughs) But that spur is actually the remnant of hind legs that these animals used to have because they lost their legs to become the the snake or danger noodles, as we like to call them on this show. And they use this pelvic spur to like tickle the female and like stroke the female, but it, which is nice, but it can also be used to fight other males or try to shove them off. That is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, very. It, it's again very interesting tools that that these males have. Some males will get lucky and get their way to the female, um, but some will get a little unlucky. They'll strike out and they will get eaten by the female, who's probably pretty hungry after all of the mosh pit mating. And like researchers have found whole snakes inside of these uh, female anacondas, and it is indeed an, a male anaconda that they figure probably, you know, just got eaten during one of these big mating balls. I mean, it reminds me, did you watch the documentary Wild Wild Country and Sheila, the head, like the lady that was sort of the head of the cult? Oh, I don't think so. Which, was this about, um... The Rajneeshis up in Portland. Oh, no, I haven't seen this documentary. It's really good, but like... She was just charming, but tough, like a tough <laughs> head, like the number two of this. And I feel like I feel like she could she had like the temperament. I mean, she was kind of terrifying and adorable at the same time. It was like, yeah, wow, she could eat somebody. and eat She might eat somebody. Yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of like oh, another another documentary, the, the Tiger King documentary. Yeah, sure. um, Carol Baskin. Right. Yeah. Yeah, she's like I. She's so charming, and oh yeah, she's you know, <gasps> but like she, she definitely like she definitely ate her husband. Of though. course, she ate her husband. I know. <laughs> oh, that is. I mean, that is just absurd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I ate my husband. Me dressed like a tiger and eat my husband. Oh. Yeah. You don't, you can't believe anything oh, you read online. She like burps absurd. like a whole femur. Oh my God, exactly. She she burps like a, like the whole femur and then looks like the guy, Robert Durst. Like, of course I did it. I killed them all. Picks a little bit of mustache out from between yeah. her teeth. Ooh, for sure. For you know something happened out in that backyard. For sure. So to end our very naughty show about mating, about the birds and the bees, I thought we could talk about some bees. Yes. So I want to talk about Dawson's burrowing bees. I love bees. I think they're adorable. These are no exception. They're these little fuzzballs that buzz around. Um, they can also be found in Australia. Don't they look cuddly? They look they're like cute. Them. They're very cute. <laughs> you know, I... I um. I would cuddle a bee, like if it was safe okay. for the bee. 
Um, but unfortunately, when they sting you, it also like with right. honeybees, not with all bees, um, but like with honeybees, when they sting you, the stinger actually comes out and right. the, the bleeding that they suffer after stinging you actually uh, is immortal. Yeah. And so right. I feel really bad. Like right. I actually for the first time in my life, I got stung by a bee last week and I the it sting hurts. like the, it, it, hurts. it hurts yeah it hurts a little bit but the worst part was that i the you poor little the bee died no I, I do like I a bee so i do like a bee i don't want to kill a bee right i felt so bad i was like yeah. oh buddy yeah. honey like you didn't need to st- i wasn't gonna hurt. oh jeez yeah. now you're now no. you're now you're dead I, yeah i was i would have put you i would have picked you carried you to the nearest flower and put yes. you on it you didn't Aww. have to sting me it actually didn't hurt that bad because it was on a fingertip. And also, like, what you want to do is, like, scrape it away as quickly as you can. Just kind of, like, flick the stinger out. Oh. And that way – because it can st- – keeps injecting venom. Like, oh, uh, okay. as, the longer the know. stinger is, the longer the stinger is, the more venom you're going to get. Okay. Um, so, like, you kind of, like, very, very quickly – like, you don't want to, like, um, squeeze the area too much. You don't want to, like, really, like, shove your fingernails in and try to, like – because then, like, by – tugging on the actual sort of meaty part of the stinger you can actually push like squirt more venom into it so you want to like like just take a fingernail or a credit card and just kind of like swoop it you know just scrape it off uh just a little flick it should should come right out if it's in a in an accessible area and then just like rinse your finger off with some some cool water wash it off and then it should i mean like it sometimes it's in a place where it's going to be worse but yeah it wasn't that bad but yeah, I did feel guilty for the poor little bee. I know. Um, but these bees, these Dawson's burrowing bees, are found in Australia. And they are not like honeybees. They actually do not form hives. They, like many species of wild bees, are solitary. And each female will re- reproduce on her own in her own nest. Now, just because they're solitary breeders doesn't mean they aren't sort of um, communal because they do form these like big, almost like an apartment complex of burrows. Like it's like the ground and you see a bunch of holes in the ground and it's like a, it's a it's a bee apartment. Um, you know, welcome to what, what was that? What was that apartment like corny soap opera comic like 3B apartment apartment 3B? What yeah. was it? I think it was yeah. apartment 3B. Yeah. But this is like apartment like 100 bees. Dude, I, I love the idea of a bee apartment. Yeah, I know, right? Just like buzzing around like, like, hey, Barbara, and you're just buzzing. But yeah, so the, the females like in when they reproduce, the females will actually dig a pretty deep burrow, uh, lay their eggs, which will develop into larvae, and they provide them with food. And then the larvae grow and then they crawl up and emerge from the holes. And it's actually to me really cute to see these little bees come and like poke, they poke their little fuzzy heads out of the hole. And they're like, oh, but here's the thing. Male bees will actually emerge before the females and the females as they emerge, the competition to get access to the female is very fierce. And the males will start fighting each other. And they once a female emerges, like when it's early on in the breeding and everyone's competing all at once and there's only like a few females and like all of these males, they will form these big breeding balls, much like the anacondas, but even more violent, where they will decapitate each other no! and fight and claw their way. Just these like this like deadly ball of horny bees. I don't want a deadly ball of horny bees. 
And they, like, it literally looks like a battlefield with all these, like, bees. Like, some of them are, like, decapitated. Oh! And it's just... <laughs> Yeah, nobody wants that. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. It's just complete, complete pandemonium. Can you just be a little more patient, you know? Yeah, just chill it out. Be cool. Yeah. Like, you don't need a, a, an angry mass of a ball of horny fighting murderous yeah. bees. Right, right. And they look they look so fuzzy and cute. And I, I don't, these, these little sweet cutie pies, but then they just, they horn it out on the battlefield, and it is it, like they can accidentally like they're trying to mate with each other. And they can accidentally like behead their own mate in their fierce attempt to like try to be the one that gets to mate. It's truly terrifying, you know. So think about that when you you know what I feel. So, I feel that I've learned my. I feel that I've learned my lesson. <laughs> and I will think about that. To be fair, though, uh, little little honeybees, like their their whole system is much more civilized, where they have you know their whole hive structure. And it, it is interesting because like when you see sort of the alternative to eusociality, so that's when you have this hive structure where you have one queen that reproduces and all these sister bees um, that are all related and working together to ensure the success of the hive, but they're not necessarily reproducing. It does make that seem like a lot less unfair when you realize like in other like solitary bee populations, like the competition to mate is so fierce and so deadly. It's like, you know, the hive structure can actually be a quite successful strategy. They just have to play it cool when they're in the big, <laughs> the big horny ball at the end. Just play it cool. You know, nobody nobody likes uh, someone who comes to the the bee orgy too early and too eager. Yeah, no, you it's gotta not cool. just, play, just play it. You just gotta like slow your roll a little bit. Play a little bit hard to get. Exactly, exactly. I want I want to teach these bees sort of the the art of you know just like like you got you know we were talking about your cats earlier like they know the art of seduction. You gotta like play it hot and cold. Play these bees. You don't coming need to be available. You need a little right. bit of like, mm, I am not a sure thing. Just a little bit of tension. Yeah, hold off on some of the horny decapitations. Yeah. Just a little just bit, a you little know? Just a little bit. Just a tiny just bit. Just a bit. Yes. <laughs> well, Arden, thank you so oh much for joining Katie, me today. I can't believe how many things you know. I mean, my hat <laughs> is off to you. It's truly like, what a fascinating... I will never forget that penis, that four-headed penis. And also looking at it as a little baby. I mean, just the whole thing. The puggle, baby echidna. Those I, are cute. I feel that I've learned a lot, and, uh, and and I appreciate that. And I appreciate you having me on. Of course. And you know, but the inspiration for this episode was reading Little Miss Little Compton. And again, I love the chapter on sex education. It's hilarious. If you're If you've ever had a childhood, you know... Which I think most of us have. Somebody had uh, a childhood. Some, some of us, you know, like, this is, it's just a wonderful book. It's so fun and funny. And I think it's like, I love the way that you capture just the inevitable awkwardness of childhood. Yeah. You know? I've ever, I feel like everybody, everybody's families has their quirks and this is mine and but that you don't, maybe you don't feel alone. And I think it's a fun book for just the world right now. I think it's fun and lighthearted, but I think there's a lot of heart to it. And um, we're actually doing a thing where we're going to have a book release party virtually at Ooh. Dynasty Typewriter. It's going to be like a variety show and a party. 
Lauren Lopkis, who is uh, from the wrong Missy. She is Missy. So she and I are doing it together. She's going to be my co-host. And we're going to read from the book. And because um, I can't tour right now. So this is yeah. this is my... So the good news is that you can be in any time zone. So if it's going to be Saturday, September 26th at 5 p.m. If you go to DynastyTypewriter.com, the tickets are $5, which also goes to help support the theater. And um, we're going to have... Uh, Brian Safi from Throwing Shade, who's hilarious. He's going to come on. Rob Benedict from Supernatural. He plays God on Supernatural. He's going to come <laughs> on, and he's going to sing. A You're Katie- literally having God come on God- to promote your book. God That's is coming incredible. to promote my book. He's going to do a Katy Perry cover. God my- approved. My brother's going to be there, and we're going to have some special surprise guests. So for $5, and you can interact with us. And what's fun about it, if you can't make it at 5 p.m. Pacific, Saturday the 26th, the link will be live on YouTube for one week afterwards, so you can watch it anytime. And you can also order through the Dynasty Typewriter website if you want to get a, for the price of just a regular price of the book, you want it custom signed to you. So not even just, not even just a signature. If you want me to be like, uh, hey, Katie, watch out for those horny killer bees. You can just put in, <laughs> keep it PG-13, but you can write in what you want it dedicated to, and you can get a like as a gift or for yourself you can get a custom signed book as a part I would like to request a book that says hey Katie watch out for those horny horny bees you know what (laughs) I feel like that's your destiny I feel like that needs to happen I think we can make that happen And so where can people find you online? What's your socials? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at ArdenMarine.com. ArdenMarine is A, but it looks like Myron. So A-R-D-E-N-M as in Mary, Y as in yes, R-I-N as in Nancy, um, Instagram and Twitter. And then my podcast, Will You Accept This Rose, about the Bachelor franchise is on iHeart. And that's really fun. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, thank you for being here. You are a delight. And you can find us on the internet at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram at Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That is something very different. And you can find me on Twitter at Katie Goldens just for my Katie thoughts, not necessarily related to the show. And as always, I'm also at Pro Bird Rights where I, you know, it's not that I'm a real bird. I'm not like a bird. In a, in a skinned human suit, masquerading as a human to indoctrinate you to accept birds as our new overlords, which is exactly what someone would say if they're not any of those things. So, you know, go check it out. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it and you leave a review, I will read it. I read all of them and I really appreciate them. All the kind words you say really mean the world to me. Um, thank you so much to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? I don't know, wherever you get your podcasts, you're listening to one right now, aren't you? See you next Wednesday. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. 
It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.